Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 482 on November 17th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. I'm the other host, Mo. The other two are out playing hooky, doing something. I don't I don't have anything clever to say of where they are. <laughs> I'm sure they're doing good work. Oh, yeah, they're... You're doing something. I think actually Adriel's out hunting and Kelly's probably wrapped up with work or something. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I, th- I think the two of us can figure it out. Yeah, we might struggle our way through, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's get into what we did with guns. And, well, let's start with you, Mo. What did you do this week? Uh, well, so I wasn't on last week. I didn't do much this week, but the weekend before I went to... I went to a match in uh, um, Joliet, and uh, it was four. It was indoors, four long stages, um, and it's an interesting place because it's two narrow ranges, but they do a good job, like using that that space to. Uh, I mean, it's tight quarters, but they yeah. they do a good job, like making the uh, the stage is fun. And they're actually like some good distance of, right. Cause it's one of those in Quebec that we're allowed to go forward. <laughs> and, uh, so they, uh, they create some good long stages where there's a lot of like running and, and, you know, engaging targets from different areas. So that was really good. Um, that's a good place. Um, and they had a, uh, they had a stage that had a rope section. So you had to pull down the rope and some people chose to, to then hold the rope and shoot, you know, strong hand only. And others would like tuck it between their legs and, uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, and then engage the targets. Cause they were at a pretty, there was some, there was, I think four plates and two paper and they were, they were, I guess a decent distance if you were going to shoot one handed. So it, it made sense to like, try to, you know, get both hands on the pistol, right. <laughs> to, to engage the targets. And, I was going to uh, say, like, did, did you notice a difference between the guys who held it between their legs or shot at one hand? Yeah, one hand, it was, it definitely was, a, was more of a struggle. And uh, so I ended up doing it. Uh, I ended up getting the rope, like, get it between my knees, and I did it pretty well. And and the, um, as I talked on previous shows, all the the rope and door and port stages are the ones that like that give me anxiety and because i've yeah. i've dq'd on two on two sweeping incidents mm-hmm. right but now i yeah. find that i'm actually uh starting to like them and now that i'm, I'm getting more comfortable and stuff you know like right. th- that i know i got to keep my i got to keep my 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 free hand away from the gun and and it's uh and they're getting better so now i actually like like those kind of stages but before i as soon as i would see i see a rope or a, a door or whatever i'd be like <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> so so you know it's becoming yeah it was so it was a it was a fun match um 
And then I, stu I stuck around for the teardown, which didn't take too long. There was a lot of people. It's good because everybody seems to stick around. And there were some refreshments after. Quebec's really good about that, about like uh, post-match gatherings and stuff. So they, oh, yeah. they, they do a good job with that stuff. So um, I signed up for another match uh, this weekend uh, at, at the Udaway Club, which is in Quebec. It's near Ottawa. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I did more dry fire practice, which I'll mention in our main topic. <laughs> and I also ordered, um, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the site, Go Fast, Don't Suck. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I ordered I ordered some stuff from them, which again, I'll mention in the main topic. <laughs> I actually started following their, their, like, uh, their posts on Facebook and stuff, their memes or whatever. It's pretty funny stuff. So, of course, yeah. it's like, it's humor directed to the to, to the competitive shooter and stuff, right? Most people would look at that and go, "I don't get it." But yeah, yeah, they got some good stuff out there, though. Yeah, they got some good stuff. <laughs> and uh, really, really, that's it for me. Um, I didn't really buy anything else. I looked at a lot of stuff online. I'm always browsing, right? And then, <laughs> and then there's the temptation of, uh, ah, do I really need that? Do I really need that? And uh, so, but yeah. anyways. How about you? Uh, I've been wrapped up dealing with a with a bunch of stuff, uh, both work and otherwise. So I haven't really had a chance to get out. But like you, I I have been shopping around and, and looking at stuff. Nothing mm -hmm. in particular that I'm going to talk about right now. But uh, yeah, but I am actually going hunting tomorrow. So we actually get out and do some hunting. Again, because it's it's been a bit since I've actually made it out. So go out with a buddy and go find some deer. And yeah, like you, just nice. starting doing a little bit more dry fire. And yeah, so talk about that uh, in the main topic. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll have lots to talk about dry fire tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that's it for what we did in guns tonight. Uh, upcoming events. Uh, we don't have anything. Uh, posted in here but i would say it's getting to be the time i know we're gearing up to have one at our club but uh, keep an eye out for your local clubs for like turkey shoots and and that kind of thing uh if you're pla if you are planning for like next year ladies days kelly aka the ccfr women's division they're still looking to sponsor and some support events so just get in touch with them and they'll get you set up and to do that you can either Email the show at slamfireradio at gmail.com or info at firearmrights.ca. Uh, I was just going to mention, like, uh, for events and stuff, there's, like, a lot of, like, black badge courses mm. uh, around in all the different provinces. So if, if you're, you know, a pistol shooter and you're, you want to, you know, take the next step from just, uh, you know, standing and shooting at the range to actually doing an action sport, definitely yeah. uh, go for it. Absolutely. That's my little Ipsic plug. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's indoor ranges around. So, yeah, I'm sure with indoor ranges, they're getting some time doing some black badges. Wintertime's a good time for for uh, for indoor training or just training because there's not flooded with competitions or, or that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll move on to the news. And I'm going to let you take this one, Mo, because you put it in here. You read it, so... Yeah, so uh, Fioki, big ammunition company, Fioki, uh, open, is opening up a primer uh, plant in Little Rock, Arkansas. 
and I think I read that it's like the one of it'll be one of six primer uh, companies in the U.S. I don't know how many are in the world, but for anybody that uh, that reloads their own ammunition, it'll be very welcome news because uh, primers are in very short supply. Yes, so yeah. I think that's definitely good news to have to another another company out there manufacturing primers. I, a lot of it's going to go into uh, you know new uh, factory ammo, but it, it, there should be some that makes its way to you know to the reloaders, right? Yeah, that would be nice for sure. But hey, if if it makes into ways, if it makes its way into uh, factory ammo, maybe that will free up some other stuff for for the reloader. Who knows? But it's more supply, so hopefully that means just either more ammo to buy or more parts for reloading. Yeah, and if the if the factory ammo comes down too, <laughs> then that's definitely another uh, plus for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, so we got the CCFR legal fund donations, and uh, as we've been saying, dates the court date has been set. It's on April 11th through the 20th of 2023. CCFR et al. versus Canada. Uh, they still need donations. It's still an expensive case. So if you can, donate, become a member. You can do that by sending an email, EMT, to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Or you can become a member by just going to firearmsrights.ca. And this will be the last week we, enter, we mention this because there's only a few days left. But the Canadian Firearms Enthusiast Discord server is also, well, they're getting ready to wrap up their giveaway. And it's going to be donations to the CCFR or CSAAA. So same thing as we've done in the past. If you make a donation, screenshot your uh, donation receipt, crop out all your personal da- data, uh, upload or uh, send it to at Scrads on the Canadian Firearms Enthusiast Discord server, and you will be entered for, for the draw. There's uh, Vortex Crossfire 2 Red Dot, $100 in Cabela's gift cards, and a gun goodie bag. Little knickknacks, cleaning kit, stickers, chamber flags, M-Lock accessories, and the link for the Discord server, if you are not on there, is there right now. And another thing we should mention in here with the CCFR and fundraisers, the 2023 Gunny Girl calendars are now available for sale. So I have post, I posted the link in the comments there. You can go there and get your 2023 uh, calendar. And I believe all that money goes to the women's program. It does, yeah. So once again, helping out the CCFR for if, what everything they're doing. Yeah, and it helps, helps grow our community overall. Yeah, we'll move on to new gun stuff. New Gun Stuff is brought to you by Bullseye North. Need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR. The wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. They offer free shipping, over $200. Some exclusions apply, like ammo. And you can subscribe to their weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. And unfortunately, I haven't heard anything for, for new stuff this week, for anything new coming out. It's getting that time that Black Friday sales are going to be starting to come out, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to have a be covering that in uh, great detail next week. Yes. Um, but I was browsing the Bullseye website, and right at the top of the main page, 
you can they have their weekly deals and i can tell you right now like i went scrolling through there there is a lot of stuff yes in there um example there was some umc 223 ammo full metal jacket thousand rounds for like 845 bucks a thousand yep. so versus the 930 dollars so they got some yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's bad when we get excited about $845 know, for 1,223. <laughs> well, I got excited about $400 uh, 9 mil, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, it used to be much less than that, but here we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Uh, but there, yeah, it's that time of year that there, there's going to be some good deals coming around. And like I said, we will be covering it in great detail next week. Yeah, Bullseye has tons of inventory, tons of sales. Check them out. Yep. And now our main topic. Yeah. So as we said earlier, we are, well, a few minutes ago, this is going to be a, a short show, I think, but we'll yeah. we'll get there. Uh, wanted to go over dry fire. It's yes. a bit wintertime set in. Not so much uh, live fire outside and all that. So we wanted to kind of go over... The essentials and how to properly dry fire. Yes. And uh, one thing I wanted to lead off with, which is the uh, the biggest rule of them all, mm-hmm. is that you don't have any live ammo around. Not yes. in your gun, not near you. Never. Uh, I actually know people who have mistakenly not done that and put holes through a wall. Yep. So. <laughs> Because That's, people uh, people get distracted, you know, <laughs> family coming and going, you start your practice, next thing you know, you're like, oh, what just happened? And then, you know, yeah, no, that's 100% the most important thing, yeah. right? Well, have, it, your, it, have your dummy it, rounds, have your, you know, all that stuff. Have your dummy rounds if, if you need them. Uh, I, I made dummy rounds for pistol. And I, I made sure there was different colors. So they're colored projectiles, different yes. color brass i leave the uh spent primer in there just so that the firing pin has something to go up against but it's a spent primer but i find i don't use the uh the dummy rounds for for my pistol dry fire because you like you don't like the the that the weight is less uh no it's not the weight i just i pick up my shotgun shells enough i don't want to pick other stuff up off the ground after racking okay now, and I do have a workaround so you can do the slide manipulation without having a, a round in there and not going to slide lock. Okay. okay. So, well, since we're on that, uh, what I do is like I got just a Glock mag. I've already prepped it. It's got a pin. It's really nice if you got one of the base pads that has the pin. Yes. And quite literally, pull out your follower. Oh. And you can throw your base pad back on. Still got the same feel and everything. But now, you can load it in. And it doesn't lock back. Yeah. Nice. So now, if you are going to work your slide manipulations, you can do that without going to slide lock. Or you do what I did to my 2011, which what I did with that is I actually... On the um, slide release, there's a little de- a little ball in there. So mm-hmm. right at the end here, so I actually took a Dremel and put a detent on the release itself. So when I take my uh, 2011 mag, because 
This doesn't have the pin at the back, so this base pad would just come off. Put that in there, and it won't go to nice. slide lock. So that's what I've done to, to my pistols so that I can train the slide manipulations without worrying about slide lock and that yeah, stuff. That's clever. Very clever. And I just I just shoot my 2011 like that all the time because the 2011's kind of been notorious for not being the most reliable for slide lock. So that's just something I did just so I don't have to guess. I just know now. It's the same manipulation every time, pretty much. Very good. But we went off track there a little bit. Uh, to start off with, like what your your what, let's go start off with your basic uh, dry fire. What what do you do? What what points are you hitting on? Uh, well, I've been really focusing on grip, and it's something I guess I didn't I didn't um, put enough thought into early on. And I think I mentioned on previous shows where I didn't live fire enough, uh, live fire practice enough or at all besides matches that I thought my grip was sufficient because, you know, in dry fire, there's no recall. There's no, your hands aren't being pushed around, right? So I thought it was good enough, but then I'm learning that it, it wasn't. So now during dry fire, I'm making a lot more effort to, to use my support hand more to, to be stronger with my support hand, uh, you know, some strength in my, in my strong hand, but not, not too much that, that you get that trigger freeze, right? You want right. your trigger figure still has to be able to, you know, do its job without, you know, being locked up. So, but I'm really, so when I'm, when I'm doing my draws, when I'm doing my mag changes, I'm making sure that I'm really concentrating on having a good, strong, grip with my support hand so that's something that i've really focused i'd say the last three four weeks um and then i'm starting to see and i'm starting to see results because of that and again it wasn't something i just thought oh my grip's good enough right but you know it's good enough in drive fire practice it's not good enough when uh when the gun's going off so right that's definitely so i've been again i've been i've been really putting extra effort into that okay do you do anything for training your trigger prep uh not so much and i was um i was trying to look into that so for the um for for a double action gun like a like a tanfolio or, or, or shadow two uh i'm trying to figure out how to lock the hammer back to be able to still practice single single action in a dry fire setting like to keep the mm -hmm. to keep the hammer whether like it's an elastic band or something that uh, that doesn't that doesn't um that keeps the hammer back right so that i could still feel that 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 single action pull okay so i got something for you on that now you uh, will be actively looking at the sites when you do this this is something uh keith garcia had, had shown us because he he was saying he wants you to pull well Something you should do every time. Make sure yes. it's clean. Yes. Clear. So he wants you to pull the trigger and come off and be prepped right back, right on your, your break. So what he shows us is, okay, you pull the trigger, and then you physically just rack the slide and manipulate your trigger finger and get it prepped again. Okay. Okay. And... 
And you, okay. and in this setting, like you want to be able to get right back to that prep. So it's just a little bit before that breaks. So like he says, if once in a while it does that, that's fine. You, you, you end up learning where that break is. Mm-hmm. So it's something you, you can, if you live alone or whatever, you can be sitting there watching TV and just, yeah. yeah. And you just learn your trigger prep there and where your, your trigger, your break is on your trigger. Hmm. Interesting. Good tip. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've been focusing on grip. Like what, when you yes. start, when you set up for your evening or morning of dry fire. Yes. Why don't you walk us through your routine? What, what are you doing? How do you progress? What kind okay, of. Okay. So I've, I've set up, uh, let's call them two arrays. So in, in a basement setting, I have, uh, I guess there's an open area and then there's another area behind a, a door. Uh, so I've set up uh, various targets in the two in the two areas and then pretty much every few days I kind of move I kind of move them around and stuff. nothing nothing too crazy and I'm and um, I'm working on the transitions but transitions at various distances, right So you got some you got some short, some short distance targets. You have some, you know, much further back. And that way I'm practicing transitioning, not just left to right, right to left, but the actual, the distance change as well. So, right. And then it's just this, and then, and I've been working on, um, with that, I've been working on the target focus, right. And that's something like I've been really trying to work hard on. And that's something we talked about before about, you know, focusing on that target and the sites are just kind of there, in the way. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then I've been, I've been doing that and I've been uh, with that. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a doorway. So I practice, I practice like kind of leaning, starting okay. behind the door. Then, uh, then the idea of, uh, you know, that you have a fault line that you have to kind of move, around, uh, not break, but kind of, uh, right. you know, torque your yeah, body you're, whatever you're leaning, you're, yeah leaning, leaning left or right yeah or something. Uh, yes yeah. exactly so i don't really have any barrels set up or anything like <laughs> that but maybe down the road i will um and then i ordered from uh go found suck i ordered a uh um an ipsic uh dry fire kit and it's one of the ones where it's got the different um the different distance ratios right so what a third and a sixth or whatever. So that way you can do, I think it's uh, 10 feet, either at 10 feet will represent 10 yards or 20 yards, something like that. And then even from them, I ordered, I can't wait to see it. I didn't get it yet. Uh, it's like a little mini swinger. So I can't wait. Oh, yeah. so it's just one that you got <laughs> attached to a wall or whatever or on a desk. So I can't wait to, to try, to try that. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I just kind of, like I said, I just move stuff around and really trying to focus on the, either the distance, the, you know, the movement and I'm doing some movement in between, right. Cause I'm running between. And then with my, with my, um, shot timer, uh, I set a time that I think is good. And then I start to lower it to push myself to obviously go faster. Right. right. So, yeah. You have your warm up speed and then, okay, yeah. we're, we're warmed up. So now we. Now, do then, you, okay, here's a good question. Do you go in yeah. and you just, you're just trying to do it as fast as possible, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not the answer I was going to look for. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'm 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 see I'm trying to see the targets, but then I'm then I'm trying to go yeah. faster after that, right? Yeah. But yeah. Well, I was kind of going for there was that uh, dry fire. Like you, you spend a lot of time dry firing versus live fire, or you can yes. spend so much more time because it's cheap. It's free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> that you can you can make or or break break bad habits really quick dry firing. So. One thing I say is always first and foremost, focus on that good form that be honest with yourself yes. with the good sight picture. It's not just a race like, oh, can I can I get this down half second draw? Well, guess what? Chances are you do that on the line. There's not many people out there that, that can do that. Hmm. And so it is it's not gonna reflect into the live fire if you if you get sloppy and you just basically screw on and you're not honest with yourself yeah no i I meant like going faster in terms of even like i said i have the two arrays and i'm trying to push myself to go faster going between them and uh and having my gun up ready to engage like the second set instead of having it low and then you get there and then you bring the then you bring the pistol up and then you're you're engaging the targets so that's kind of like the the faster part of it or the quicker part of it for sure yeah once you've once your your main focus is the form, but yeah, I, I understand exactly because I, I do the same thing. Get the form, still always focus on the form and and everything and being honest. But yeah, you're obviously you're trying to get better, so you're trying to push that time for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're training your eyes to to see the targets faster, right? This yep. is you, you've engaged the one and you're already moving moving your eyes to the next one, you know, and you're moving the, mm-hmm. and the next one and the next one and increasing that speed. Oh yeah. And at first it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And, but yeah, you're right. Like that's a, that even not even the shooting aspect, but like your transition between target, like you'd say where your eyes go, then your gun follows. Yeah. It's a perfect time to be training that, especially as you can easily change the distance apart of your targets. You can have them right side by side, or you can have, you know, a couple side by side, and then two that are just like, yeah, a wider transition. Mm-hmm. Now, so like I've done is I sounds like we got the similar stickers. So I have these dry fire stickers, oh. and I got them put up around, and like they come with hands and barrels and <laughs> nice. make tuxedo. I did set up a few like that, but I find I use basically like the one sixth. So one this sixth right okay. here. Yeah. I have a few of the big ones set up just back here, but I was actually using them when I was further around the corner or whatever. And I, I like you kind of set up a lot of moving, like it was a narrow corridor. So I even went out, got like, uh, you know, one of those ladder wrong strings or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I got one of those to kind of work on foot placement. I don't, I find I don't use it that often really for, for dry fire. I, for one, I, Still got to clean up more cleanup to do in the basement. It's just it takes up quite a lot of space. It does. I just, yes, <laughs> I ended up just taking and just using the dry fire to focus on the the physical manipulation of of the firearm, the reloads, yes. the transition between platforms. Because I was doing dry fire for three gun, not just ipsic, and so I would have. I actually had a table set up, and I would do. It's a live fire drill, but you can easily do it for for dry fire. It's called a WMD drill. Another one from Keith Garcia, and it's weapons manipulation drill. And you basically got three different reloads, basically. 
So you start with one in the gun. It goes to slide lock. So how do we do it? Start off with shotgun because we had shotgun rounds stacked on the table. So what you would do is you pick up your shotgun. Uh, click. Grab the four rounds that you stacked up on the table. Load them in. Come up. Then load from the belt. And I mean, you don't get a full quad, but even just getting used to picking. So I would even just take two off the table and then pull a four off my shell caddy. So I get used to pulling just four off my shell caddy. Okay. And for people that don't know what quad loading is, can you explain it to us? So quad loading is you got four rounds and they are stacked in your hand just like that. Mm -hmm. So basically you shove them in. This first section will go into the tube. You come back and you load the next section in, next two in. So, and you can do strong hand, weak hand. Weak hand, you roll the shotgun under under your armpit. That's the way I like to reload. Strong hand, you flip it up over your shoulder and you load from the side. Uh, for okay, so for three gun, we we know your we know the pistol stuff. We know the shotgun stuff. What are you doing specifically for rifle for for dry fire? Rifle, it's getting up on target, getting behind behind the scope, getting up on target. Same thing with the transitions. And actually, I find I struggled most with the rifle reloads. Rifle so unfortunately, reloads, okay. unless you have uh yeah, like a lar mag, like a pistol mag. You're not going to be able to be able to legally do the remove the follower trick, like if you have like a Beowulf or Meg or uh, like a P Meg or something, because to get that follower out, you got to drill out a rivet. Well, that's illegal. You can't do that. Hmm. So, but I don't. For the manipulating of the bolt, I'll just split it up. Whether okay, right now I am practicing running the bolt, racking the gun. Okay, now I'm just going to practice reloads. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it kind of has to be unless you have those pistol makes. And for rifle, you are, how are you, how are you practicing for distance? Are you uh, able to practice for distance? Well, I know there are PRS guys that do, I know they, they print out like this whole landscape and they have this thing in their basement and they dry fire. I don't really train for distance outside of live fire. And even okay. then I find with my my range, I'm a hundred yards. So unfortunately, my my distance training ends up being at the match. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I so, was just thinking about that. That's definitely something very difficult to do indoors, yeah. right? Yeah, um, Most people don't live in a in a mega warehouse, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. You have to talk to some PRS guys to see what they do for for that, because I know there are people who do that. They do the dry fire at home, and they have a landscape printed out with targets in mm. in amongst the landscape not so interesting yeah but yeah so with the wmd drill that kind of goes through with all three one you know tap rack okay load from the belt okay load from the table okay and you you can do it for live fire and dry fire and then same thing with the rifle and you just work your way through so that gives you your practice on dumping your gun grabbing your new gun and also your your uh, mag your reloading so i even bought a garbage can so i can dump my rifle or my shotgun into nice. the barrel to go and grab my next firearm 
And yeah, three uh, three gun definitely has to be much more involved than uh, just pistol. So yeah, well, you got three platforms, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, one interesting thing I I did, and I'm starting to use it more and more. Uh, you know those walking treadmills? Yes. They just they 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 lay flat. There's no arch that comes up over. Yeah. Yeah. I actually picked one of those up off Amazon. It was like 300 bucks or something like that. And it does have a handle there. If I want to go faster, I can put it up. But I got one of those so that I could practice. Basically, I'm, I'm walking. I think I can go up to like seven kilometers an hour or something without raising the, the arm, the, the uh. safety bar. And so now I can just stand in one spot. While I'm moving, I can practice transitioning between targets. I can practice my reloads. And if I heck put my barrel beside it i can start with a long gun dump draw my pistol and you know practice target acquisition on the move without actually going being, anywhere being on the move yeah i like it that's great <laughs> that's great so yeah I, but but yeah I, I basically i really focus on the manipulation side of it and yeah being honest with the site like if i'm doing a uh, quad load drill where okay i'm trying to break two second quad load I on it really honestly okay break the shot and freeze and I look down my barrel like okay was I even with the vent rib was my sight actually on target or did I rush that am I lazy mounting what's Mm. going on here because with the shotgun it's basically you load you're there it's it's a short drill and now we're pistol yeah okay it's so easy to to reload more that yeah, okay, you might go for a little bit longer of a string before actually stopping. Hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, resources. So getting into uh, getting to dr- starting dry fire practice, I could talk about the pistol side. That, that I think the two main ones that most people uh, use reference are um, uh, Ben Steger that we had on the show a few weeks ago, right? Uh his his practical shooting training group site and his his store. He's got books that most people that are into IPSC or IDPA or whatever yeah. have like probably gone through. Uh, he's and he's got a lot of stuff on his site. And then the other one is, is Steve Anderson, Anderson Shooting. Yeah. Uh, he's also got the books and the website. He does a podcast. Um, it's pretty entertaining too. And um, so I think for the pistol side, those are like the two like main. Uh, dry fire reference guides, I guess. How yeah, about for, for three sure. gun? If you were, if you were going to start uh, practicing uh, dry firing for three gun, where, where would you look? Uh, Keith Garcia does have a lot of stuff out there. And really like what way I look at it, if you got a live fire drill out there, chances are it can be adopted for the most part to dry fire. Okay. So just, I know there's people who like to set up an entire stage around their house and that is fun, but that, I don't think that that is taking advantage of the time that you have sitting at home. Personally, I I think just quick little short things that you can quickly knock out and then reset and you can just repeat that, get that muscle memory, repeat it, Mm -hmm. you know? Instead, instead of working on ten things at once, you're working on two or three. Yeah. 
right? That, that in my mind, that's kind of, and I, I treat my live fire with that too, where when I do go out to live fire train, I pick like two or three things that are my main things that I'm working on at that point. Yes, you're working on everything, but those are the two or three things are like my main focus. Hmm. So, you know, if I had a misstep there, but I'm not working on my footwork that day, it's like, okay, well, I'll make a mental note, but that's beside what I, and I pick drills to focus on the main thing. So if I'm not working on footwork, chances are my drills aren't going to have a lot of footwork in them when I go out and do live fire. Hmm. Um, Richard's got a comment here. Highly recommend Mantis X10 for measuring trigger control combined with a laser cartridge and Mantis Laser Academy to help with confirmation of target accuracy. I've heard good things about the uh, the Mantics. And there's also the Cool Fire if you want to get that slide action. Yeah, a little bit of the, rec- the recoil feel, yeah. right? But uh, It's a bit on the pricey side, and then you have to, uh, you know, you're committing to... Yeah to one gun or whatever, because unless you're going to be buying a bunch of those <laughs> kids, but, um, yeah, I mean, if you have the money, yeah, there's lots of tools that you can buy. I don't think yeah, while they are handy, like, like the Mantics, like the cool fire, they are, I don't think there's, uh, they're gimmicks. I think they are actually handy. No, there's, if there's, va- there's value with definitely. the intention that they're there for, mm-hmm. but to, to do it, I, I know, couple guys who are national champs and they they don't use anything like that for their dry fire it's just your basic stand in your room and picking out targets and i don't even think they've even bought the the stickers like i know one of them is basically like picking a light switch picking a spot on the wall like you could even like those little stickies that you got in those uh show me targets Put those up around your room, and there, there, you got a little dot to yeah, just to focus aim at. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing. It, it is super cheap to do, and you don't have to get the gimmicks. But the gimmicks, like I said, they they're not gimmicks. That's the thing. Yeah. The, the the tools out there aren't gimmicks, but it's all up to the individual. If you can afford it and use it as it's intended, yeah, it's gonna help you. And and Richard makes a good point that it's cheaper than ammo at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And reusable, you invest that money. It's not like okay, that hey, those yeah. rounds are gone. Now I gotta spend that money again for yeah. another go. Not getting your bullets <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Anything else we want to cover on dry fire? Uh, I don't. I don't think they're. No, it's like you can you can take it overboard. Like I said, break it down to the basics. Even like your grip, you know. Yes. Start super slow, and if you're if you you find you're just getting a bad grip, okay. Well, practice again. Okay, slow yeah. it down, and okay, grab, press out. Okay, yeah, that was a good draw. And yeah, yeah if you're coming up, if you're coming up and having to fix your hands again, then then you yeah. didn't get a good draw. Yeah. You didn't I, get a good grip on the draw. Yeah, and I think right now is actually a perfect time to do that. Just focus on your your draw or your presenting on target yes and do that slow work it up and then like we got long winter ahead of us so not all of us have a ton of indoor ranges hosting ipsic matches year round so 
I feel sorry for you, Albertans. <laughs> well, just for that, everything else you guys got going on, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I would say is just be honest with yourself. Take the time. It's a time to break break everything down to the basics and really set some good uh, some good habits. Uh, Richard again is saying also if you can video yourself on your phone, you can then review draw reloads technique. It may have felt good, but did it look good on review? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I've done yeah. that. Uh, one of the biggest things with me is, like, uh, Jerry Meshulik will say it too, like, wasted movement. And I find, mm-hmm. like, okay, I grab my shotgun, and I'm, for some reason, I'm, I'm dipping down. Well, why, why am I dipping down? And, you know, catch yourself, oh, I had my both eyes open. Look at the video. No, no, you didn't. And so, yeah, that's actually a very good one. Use your phone, get it set up yep. on a tripod and, you know, mix it in with the full speed and the slow-mo. Slow-mo is a really good tool to to use as well with, to really uh, with break that. Th- break things down, right? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I think that... We pretty much cover everything just to, you know, like I said, rem- I kept stressing it, but reminder use it as a training tool and practice the the basics good practice will have good results we should ask our un- unofficial co-host richard anything else we should uh, mention <laughs> yeah but yeah thank well richard's had some some good thoughts here absolutely he has so, yeah for sure so thank you richard but i think we'll uh move on it's gonna be a little move bit on, shorter yeah. of a show tonight but uh I think we mm-hmm. gave some decent information for that. Oh, actually, I will add something. If you are training shotgun, what you can do is you, you can get one of those uh, Lee single-shot reloaders for shotgun. They're, they're usually like 100, 100, 130 bucks. And I just picked up old old uh, rounds, old hauls, made sure... That's another one. Like If you're going to do this, make sure you use a different color than what you normally use. Same thing if you're going to make dummy rounds for your pistol. Make sure that they are easily identifiable from your live ammo. Absolutely, yeah. Once again, keep the spent primer in there. But these ones, I had got a bunch of uh, lead shot, so I actually filled these with the appropriate lead shot and old... (laughs) I had actually used old, dirty uh, tumbler media, but you can use anything, sand, whatever. And with that reloader, crimped it up and just super cheap made my own dummy rounds for shotgun and actually i made sure that they in total that they were very very close like within a couple grains of an actual shotgun shell hmm. so you get the tactile feel you get the exact weight they function perfect so that's that's what i do for for shotgun is yeah it's just super cheap to get into and Everybody's always looking for them too, so you can sell them to your buddies for a few bucks or something. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, with that, I think we're going to move on to listener feedback. Yes. And I'll we take, had uh, a face- Facebook comment right after the show last week. And sure, yeah, if you want to read that, go for it. 
Charlie Foxtrot, the Knives with uh, Josh episode was really enjoyable show. Thanks. Even though I've carried a knife for God 40 years, a buck 110 square bolster folder that I used and abused as an industrial electrician. I've only lately become aware of the larger and incredibly varied world of knives beyond the buck and Swiss army knives. As a gun knife guy, Josh's talk was, was spot on. I wouldn't mind a bit if he came on the show occasionally to share a bit more of his knowledge. Thanks again. Yeah, that was a fun episode last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we got an email I'll, here as well. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, okay. I missed the... Uh, you okay with that? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else want to read it? No. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Richard to read it. No. <laughs> Richard? <laughs> Okay, so the email. I missed the knife episode live, but listening back, it had to it. I had to add my two cents. I'm not as into knives as I used to be, but I still know a little bit here and there. I was mildly surprised that a couple of my favorite brands were mentioned for people getting into knives. My go-to recommendation for a starter knife is the Ontario RAT1 in D2 steel. It comes in AUS8 as well, but D2 holds on on edge much better or if you prefer a flipper style opening instead of thumb stud other on i i really like is the steel the other one i really like is the steel wheel cut jack or modus they come in a variety of steel and handle materials but my personal preference is the is m390 with g10 if you want a little bit more a little bit more spendy and support canadian knife makers you could always go with grim's mo the Grimzo Norseman is the only knife over $300 I've owned that I felt like it was actually worth the price tag. Hands down, my favorite knife. Side note, if you really like the Grimzmo knife, they they make pens as well to match. But if that's out of your price range, the North Arms Skaha, Skaha uh, 2 is another great knife made in Canada. I could go on and on about sharpening as well, but I'll leave you with a couple quick recommendations. The Lansky system is a decent starter system, but after testing a bunch of different ones for any knives under four inches, my favorite is the KME system. Lots of upgrades and aftermarket storms for it. And it is super fast and easy to get a razor edge on anything. I can use it for sharpening scissors and serrated blades. Mm. For anything over six inches, I will usually freehand on Shapton glass bench stones. They are much harder than typical water stones, which makes them more forgiving for for beginners. Finally, the KO WorkSharp is is great for anything super cheap or for tools like machetes and axes. Cheers, Doug. Good letter. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that, Doug. Some good insights in there for sure. Um, yeah, we didn't really get into too deep of brands last week, but. Yeah, there's there's a lot of brands out there for sure, and oh, yeah. just, you meant the one the Canadian ones he mentioned. I actually hadn't heard of, so that's cool. Yeah, we'll have to check them out. Yeah. So here's another reminder that we have a Cabela's link. So if you're shopping on Cabela's, and I imagine a bunch of people will be here in, mm-hmm. in the next uh, week and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to our website, it's right there on the main page and side banner. You click that link, and when you do. It gives us a little kickback. It won't cost you anything more, but uh, Cabela's will give us a little bit of kickback to help towards hosting or, like Adriel said, the uh, Slamfire helicopter. (laughs) Yes, yes. Everybody needs a helicopter. Yeah. Um, We did have one YouTube comment, 
And it was from Joel T on Grissan Testing and Review. It said, his brother Stoger 3000, the book said to use ounce, one and an eighth ounce and three dram loads. And yeah, that's it's a standard. Uh, I do know the 3000s will run a little bit lighter. You can run one ounce, two, three quarter dram loads through them because that's, that's basically the same thing as the M3K, the Stoger 3000. So good shotgun. Uh, so thank you to everyone who wrote in. Mm-hmm. And no new patronies, but if you would like to become a Patreon, do so by going to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. And we are working on some content. Uh, the, in fact, I think the shotgun videos I'm working on, I think I might actually release uh, those to the Patreon listeners first before we put it to the nice. to the main channel. So nice. we have been covering the comments here, but Mark Plant here says... I'll be scrubbing through last episode to complete his knife shopping list. Very helpful for a new guy like him. Perfect. Nice. And with that, it is a short show. So thank you all for tuning in. Come back. Or, well, I guess we should do the shout outs. Uh, you got any shout outs there, Mo? No. Uh, I guess we could just mention uh, that the calendar, the CCFR Gunny Girls calendar, is available. So yeah. shout out to them for that. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really have a shout out, but uh, yeah, with that, we're going to sign off. So go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Give us a like on Facebook, YouTube, all that. And give us reviews, comments, reviews, everything. We'll, we'll review them. We'll post, read them online, whatever. Uh, join the CCFR and we will see you next week. Good night, everyone. Oh, Richard says a shout out to his official co-host for another fun episode. <laughs> good <laughs> Thanks, night, Richard. Kelly. Richard says good, good work night, with you. All right. See everybody next week. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.